Hi, and welcome to the Imaginal Podcast. This is a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar, who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms. We too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. And here's your host, life coach and consultant, Lori Sauce, who goes most commonly by her nickname, Sauce. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's Sauce. Always so good to be with you. And today we are continuing our series on being coached from afar, where we have been going step-by-step through setting goals, enacting them, and then being devoted to following through and making it a priority in your life. And this particular part of the series helps to deal with those times when you're feeling a little doubtful or you're hearing some internal dialogue that might be keeping you from expressing yourself fully in this area. It also might help with those attacking voices or fear voices or being worried that you're not good enough, which all is a barrel of nonsense, by the way. And so currently we are talking about ways to be with those voices and to not let them hold you back. And I have asked health coach Ellison Scott to join me in this part of the series. And today's episode is a follow-up from last week, which is about inner child work. And this is a realm that I am so passionate about and I find to be so beautiful and so empowering and so interesting. And it's our belief that developing a relationship with your inner child can profoundly impact your experience of life as well as can release those old limiting beliefs or the predatorial criticisms, all the sticky false stories or anything else that might be going around in your beautiful head and to bring some truth to those places. It also spills over into other aspects of our life. The more and more we can understand what might be causing the fear or the thought about shutting everything down or however things might present whenever you're faced with some challenges in this journey of yours. We started this series in episode 124, And if you're just joining us and you would like to go step-by-step through this process, I would encourage you to start there. At this moment in time, some of these episodes can also stand on their own. So I trust you to listen to them in the way that best serves you. If this is your first time meeting Allison, she shares how inner child work has really helped her in last week's episode. So I encourage you to go back and check that one out. Al is a health coach, as I mentioned. She is very attuned to people. She's beloved. She brings a lot of insight, a lot of knowledge, and also a lot of life experience. And she's just a great communicator, someone that is to be trusted and that people feel comfortable around. Today, we turn the tables and I bring some of my experiences with inner child work. And together, we support you on your journey to setting and realizing these goals and to expressing yourself in your life more fully and to bringing your uniqueness to the world. So here's our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everyone. I'm back with Allison Scott. Hey, everybody. And today we're going to continue what we were talking about last week about how working with our inner 
child or our younger selves can really make a difference in our lives now as adults. And we're going to flip the tables today and Allie's going to sort of interview me. As she shared her story last week, I'm going to share a little bit about my own personal work with my inner young self. <laughs> Yay, I get to be the interviewer. Um, I love the work that you do. I love we talk about your soul work that you do uh, with your clients. And, you know, I don't I don't get the chance to talk to many people about this. So this is this is very fun for me because it was so impactful for me. So so how are you introduced to inner child or the young self work? And um, and then how do you use it in your practice? Oh my gosh, we need like 400 years. I know. I know. <laughs> Such a good question. Such a good question. Well, let me start with how I first, gosh, I don't even know how I first was introduced to it because I feel like the term inner child has been floating around for a long time. And there are different ways, like sometimes people talk about the inner child that has the exuberance and the excitement and the love and the purity and the curiosity, right. you know, before we got beat down and we started before shutting all up. of that down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Bullied or whatever. <laughs> We're like, shut, shut, shut all those yeah. things down. Mm-hmm. But I think developing our relationship with our young self allows those parts to be brought back to the fore. And I'm going to say also that a lot of the work that I do personally, as well as with my clients, has been so much from what I've learned from Francis Weller. I quote him every episode almost, but I'll link his... Yeah, you do. (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) That's awesome, though. (laughs) He is the most amazing, amazing, beautiful human being. And so I will link his information in the show notes. Yeah, I have a client that looks at me and they're like, you're about to quote Francis Weller. Huh? <laughs> she can tell. Yeah. Yeah. You get a look in your eye. I do. I know. <laughs> it's so much reverence and gratitude. But um, when it comes to the young girl, and you were speaking last week about how your young self, your little you, believed little me. a certain story. Yeah. About perfectionism or mm-hmm. having to be perfect because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of your of your dad. And so that's one of the things that for me, I think is the crux of my whole singing journey. And I guess that's the example that would be best for me, because that is where I carry the most shame and the most mm-hmm. where, where I'm most likely to either get really nervous or shut down or mm-hmm. just not try. Right. So the fact that I didn't even sing for decades shows you how much that young girl that in me, believe that she was so shameful. It yeah. would be so. It would be so embarrassing if yeah. she sang. Yeah, that would be. You know, she would be unacceptable, unlovable, and like you said, as an adult, that just doesn't seem even close to what is true. I'm. I'm allowed to sing in my car. Like nothing would <laughs> happen to anyone if I sang no. in my car. No one's going to be hurt. No, nothing (laughs) happens. But the young girl, that Mm -hmm. young part of me was like, don't even sing because Mm -hmm. you would be very terrible and very, you would be an embarrassment and, and you're not lovable. And so what we don't know is that, like you were saying too, I carried that belief on, even if it wasn't conscious, 
it's subconscious. It's subconscious enough to keep me from singing. Right. So every time that I mouth the words to happy birthday, which I did, because it would have been oh. so embarrassing, you know, even as an adult, not that, that long ago, I'd be mouthing the words because it, because of the two adults in my life that really, really laid into me. And just right. in case someone's just joining us, I physiologically wasn't unable to pitch. There was a problem with my airway that I didn't discover until recently. And I had a, two surgeries for that, actually a few surgeries. But she didn't know that she had a physiological reason for not being able to right. pitch. And so she, so she equated it with just shame, you mm -hmm. know? And what's so beautiful about working with the young parts of us and turning towards that part and separating our current beliefs and our current selves from those things is that we then can make sense of it rather than conflating it. Conflating it keeps me from singing for 40 years. Right, Literally. right. And, and it's a habit now. It's like, you know, your body won't even let you sing. <laughs> it's immovable. You yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, Ali? Yeah, I was going to say you just you just don't want to do it because you think it's so shameful and you've taught yourself not to do it, so you just don't. Right. Right. Exactly. And don't and even so, try. You don't even try. You've completely mm -hmm. cut it out of your life. You think it's like that is not for me. I'm not allowed to do that. And we become like we have a rigidity about it and we have a belief about it, and it's not until we start to open that up with a mm -hmm. lot of kindness. So because our sh the areas of shame, it's like when you were saying, I, I needed to, to have a conversation with her and give her what she didn't have at that time. And there's a compassion needed and a, a real nourishment, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And once you turn towards that part of you, you're no longer conflating those two things. Right. And you then allow this relationship between your adult self and the part that fragmented or the part that shut down. And there's so many parts to this when I work with clients. So it's hard to sum it all yeah. up in a quick way. But I will say that when I started singing, uh, and I've been using this example in this series. And so where I last left off was I actually went to a singing lesson. And that's big, like to take that first step. But what happens after that is you either just feel like, okay, I did that, but I'm feeling uncomfortable. So I think I'm going to shut it down now. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a real, because yeah. totally. the young part will be like, okay, that was funny. We're done. We are done now, you know, <laughs> but, but the part of you that actually, a part of me that actually really has long to, to sing and this life is, we only get one life. And I couldn't just not sing. I couldn't not play guitar and, you know, have that be my story. So it does take an ongoing relationship with her. So yeah. what starts to happen is, okay, I start to sing and I'm not going to be on pitch every time. I'm just, I've not sung before. I've, I didn't really learn music very well because I, just completely excluded it from my whole being and my, mm -hmm. you know, and so I, I have a lot to learn. And it's when you're an adult who you know, has already tried to accomplish things in other areas and you're the beginner of beginners, that also yeah. requires Scary. some Scary. gentleness. Yeah. yeah. It's so exciting, really. And it's, there's so much possibility, but it's keeping yourself 
separate from those expectations yeah. or from those, you know, you always hear people say, oh my gosh, did you see that person on American Idol? They don't even know how terrible they are. And no. I'm, you know, there's a part of you that is thinking, well, that's kind of how I sound right now. But <laughs> you can't like shut it down. You have, I think the big thing is not shutting it down. It's allowing that love of yours to exist, the yes. love for singing. And to yeah. when that comes up, so someone's like, oh my gosh, did you see that person on American Idol? Then I have to separate and go turn toward that young part of myself and say, you know, singing has, it carries a lot of expectation or carries a lot of judgment, but that doesn't mean that you will never learn to sing on pitch. That doesn't mean right. that you have to stop singing. We're not going to no. stop singing again. We're not going to no. do that. I and, can't imagine going through life not singing. I know. There's a lot of singing in my house. I mean, my all three of my kids sing and, and I sing and I just don't even, can't even imagine life without singing. I just, singing is, music is just so, just part of my DNA, I guess. So I don't oh. have, like, I don't have perfect pitch. I don't, I, I sing off key sometimes. You, <laughs> so, have a, you, you all sing really but But my children have, have all have perfect pitch and sing beautifully. I mean, they're never off key. It's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just have such a love of music. So I, I just can't imagine life and music to me. They're kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, I'm glad you're singing. I'm glad you're singing, Sauce. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a journey. It's a journey mm -hmm. because it, it evokes those shame places. It yeah. really does. Yeah. But the healing, like you said, the healing that happens is profound. Profound. Because you're finally going back and saying, like, that amount of yelling or that amount of embarrassing criticism. And then, and, and also, same with me, like, we look at these photos from when we're younger. Yeah. I look at this really small girl. Yeah. She's the one who was yelled at. Yeah, and it is telling her that we as all adults sometimes say the the things that we never should say we've projected yeah. we've yeah. We, who knows what we've accidentally or purposefully said that yeah. is yeah. damaging. Yeah, but undoing those stories for her to let the adult be on solid ground. Yeah. And to reclaim like, that's another big part of my work with clients is to reclaim as Frances Weller says, the outcasts, the things that we thought weren't acceptable when we were younger, right. but right. they carry such vital parts of who we are. And not enough. Those yeah. Not, not being yeah. enough. It just. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. You, you just kind of wish you could raise a child in a bubble and not wreck that part of them. <laughs> You know, it's it, it's almost impossible to go through life without something ugly being said to you, if not just from a an adult, from a classmate, from, you know, a mean yeah. girl or whatever. Right. Um, just mm -hmm. a stranger, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. people, sometimes people are just having a bad day and they're ugly and they, they take it out on the next person that comes along. And it, even if it's a little kid and... I know. It's just, it's just oh, sad gosh. that we carry it with us forever and ever. So the sooner you can do that inner child work and, and tell that little being that they're pretty dang special. Yeah, it's, I know. It's huge. It, it erases it. It really, it, really erases it. It's, it's just hard to believe it can do that, but it does do that.
Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the way I, I work with clients in this way is it, it becomes a regular part of our weekly conversations. That's wonderful. You know, because That's so wonderful. It's hard to remember to identify it. We, we even use, as Frances Weller has taught me, when we are talking about the young self, for me, I use the pronoun she, her. So I will say she is afraid. She feels like if she sings off pitch that no one will love her. Love her. But mm -hmm. I, and I use the pronoun I for adult, you know, for adult most grounded me, but I can tell her. And so just even using a third person pronoun helps to make that separation. So when I work with clients, if they've conflated a story, which we do all the time, very like even we're in a relationship with someone and, you know, something happens and it, it triggers us, we'll stop and we'll reacquaint with the third person pronoun. And I might say, she was afraid that if he didn't return her text, that she would lose it all, like she would mm -hmm. be abandoned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's a different reason for it. And I want to mm -hmm. tell her that this is not the situation and I will keep her safe. But otherwise, I'm going to say, oh my gosh, I, this person didn't text me back. And what if this? What if that? What if this? And so if I can stop and go, oh, she is feeling fear, yeah. she, you know, it, it helps. And then we can turn toward that part of ourselves and really nurture and love and re reaffirm the truth. And so when working with clients, it starts to become more identifiable. Like you said, you know, now you catch it. I do. The more, yeah. Once we identify it, then we're able to come in with a lot of compassion and care. Yeah. yeah. And how long, how long do you guys work on this for? Well, it really varies from person mm -hmm. to person. And I think, you know, just even starting it makes a big difference. A huge, yeah. Yeah, yes. And I would say that when people work with me, I'm not saying with me, sorry, but when we, not like it's me, it's our, it's our partnership. And yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. But when we work weekly, what happens over the course of a year or two is absolutely inspiring and profoundly unbelievable. And it's I incredible. feel so honored to just witness people expressing themselves and being who they are. I just feel so lucky. But like I said, it's, it's really not me so much as it is the two of us leaning in and being open to this yeah. space and nourishing it, you know? What a gift. What just a huge gift. I know we, we both talk about it all the time, how amazing it is to work with people. Mm -hmm. I know we get as much out of it as they do, if not more. I yeah. sometimes feel like it's not fair <laughs> because it's, it's so gratifying. It's, it's so inspiring and mm -hmm. it's so beautiful. And mm -hmm. I think when we meet with people, just like you and I, Allie, in our friendship, and we are real like that to the core real, it is so gorgeous. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Very well, cool. Where can people find you and connect with you? You can find me on my website, which is alisonmscott.com, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Lifestyle by Allison and come find me. I'm a health coach. I would love to work with you. Yes. You'll love Allie. Come through on her socials. Where can we find you, Sauce? I am on Instagram at Lori Sase and my website, laurisase.com. I would love to connect with you. And if you're interested in coaching, I have all of that on the website. Allie, you are the best. I just can't tell you how much I love and appreciate you. I love you too, my friend. So, so grateful for you in my life. 
So same, same. And to all of you out there listening, we send you our warmest wishes and belief and so much love for your young parts, your inner child. Yes, we're sending all the love. Mm -hmm. See you next time. Bye-bye. 